You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Law with June Grosso from Bloomberg Radio. Is Happy the Elephant unhappy living alone on a one-acre exhibit at the Bronx Zoo? Animal rights advocates say she is, and they've been trying to get her moved to an elephant sanctuary. But a judge in New York dismissed the lawsuit by the Non-Human Rights Project against the Bronx Zoo, which sought to declare Happy a person with a right to be free. Judge Allison Tewitt concluded that Happy is more than just a legal thing or property and recognized that she's an extraordinary animal with complex cognitive abilities, but said the case law constrained her to find that Happy is not a person who's being legally imprisoned. Joining me is Stephen Wise, the founder and lead attorney of the Non-Human Rights Project. So are you disappointed with the judge's decision? No, we actually, we were thrilled by it. The judge made it clear that she... Uh, understood our arguments and and seemed to agree with our arguments. The main reason that that, uh, the judge found that Happy was not a person with rights is that she felt that she was bound by the decision of of, of a court in another case uh, that that we had litigated several years ago, even though we tried to persuade her she was not bound. But she made it clear that we had persuaded her that uh, an elephant is uh, this extraordinary uh, being who has really complex cognitive abilities and is... uh, autonomous. She uh, agreed that that happy, she said, was more than just a legal thing, that uh, she was an intelligent, autonomous being who we should treat with respect and dignity and who may be entitled to liberty. However, she said she thought that she was constrained by a case, and that's fine with us. Um, We have already begun the appellate process and kind of keep moving towards judges beginning to find that this autonomous being like like happy really is entitled to to some sort of fundamental rights such as bodily liberty and can no longer be kept as a prisoner such as as the Bronx has been doing. Tell us a little bit about happy. She was part of a, a study that described her ability to recognize herself in a mirror. Tell us a little bit about her and what her situation is. Well, Happy, she was kidnapped from her home in Thailand uh, when she was only a few months old, and she has been imprisoned in the Bronx Zoo for more, more than 40 years, and the last 10 or 15 years, she's actually lived alone. This sort of thing is, is quite similar to what a human being would endure, the, the idea that this incredibly intelligent, you know, autonomous, cognitively complex being who's extraordinarily social uh, would be kept in solitary confinement is... Um, is not something that we would wish on on anyone. There's no reason for her to do that. 
she should be sent to a sanctuary, and the Tennessee Elephant Sanctuary uh, has readily agreed to take her at, at no cost to the Bronx Zoo. And the judge specifically found, if I remember correctly, she said that the Non-Human Rights Project had been, uh, quote, extremely persuasive for transferring Happy from her solitary, lonely, one-acre exhibit at the Bronx Zoo to an elephant sanctuary on a 2,300-acre lot, unquote. That's true. And that's where she should be. There's no scientific, there's no reason at all except pure greed that they want to use her happy to um, raise money. They essentially enslave her and they continue to enslave her. And there's no humane or legal reason why they should not have done this a long time ago and why they should not do it now, which is take her out of a one-acre place. For an elephant to be living by herself on a one-acre plot of land is kind of like you and I having to spend our life living in our living room. It's just obviously not right. Is there another way that you could have gone about this instead of trying to have her declared a person? Uh, No, actually. Uh, That's why we bring habeas corpus cases uh, on on, on behalf of uh, cognitively complex uh, beings like elephants or um, chimpanzees. Um, What the Bronx Zoo is perfectly legal, at least with respect to um, animal welfare laws. The problem is that the animal welfare, animal protection laws themselves uh, are grossly insufficient. They're simply improper. The way we're trying to get happy to be able to live the life that is that is appropriate for an elephant is by having her declare a person, or, or you don't have to declare a person, you just simply say that she's entitled, as the judge said, that she may be entitled to liberty. We want the judge, the judges in the appellate courts to say she may be entitled to liberty. We're going to use a writ of habeas corpus to order her released uh, from the Bronx Zoo and then sent to a sanctuary. There's no other way of getting it done right now. So what are your chances before the appellate courts? You've gone to the appellate courts a number of times on this issue, not perhaps for happy, but for other animals. What are your chances of getting the appellate courts to change their mind? We have gone to several appellate courts. They have been all over the map. One appellate court said that we didn't have a right to appeal. All the other appellate courts did not agree with that appellate court. We had another one who said that we weren't trying to uh, free Happy, but just to move her from one place of confinement to another. Judge uh, Fahey on the New York Court of Appeals said that that was wrong. We had another appellate court who said that in order to get rights, you have to be able to bear responsibilities, which is obviously false, since there are hundreds and thousands of New Yorkers, children and and others, who obviously have all kinds of rights but cannot bear responsibilities. And Judge Fahey said that was wrong. And then we had another appellate court that said in order to have rights, you have to be human. And Judge Fahey said that that was wrong. I've been talking to Stephen Wiseman of the Non-Human Rights Project about their lawsuit against the Bronx Zoo, which sought to get Happy the Elephant, who's living alone on a one-acre exhibit at the Bronx Zoo, transferred to an elephant sanctuary by having Happy declared a person with a right to be free. So what are your chances of getting this case to the Court of Appeals? Well, the uh, the Court of Appeals only takes uh, 5% of the, of the cases of the folks who who are trying to uh, get further review on their decisions. Judge Fahey changed his mind uh, and, uh, and decided uh, after on, on the third time that indeed the court should hear the case and we, we should likely win. So the question is, um, uh, you know, is, you know, has he persuaded or will he persuade at least two more judges to agree to, to just take the case? 
uh, so they can actually hear the arguments. And, you know, he makes strong arguments for that. In fact, he's the only high court judge in the United States so far who has, had, who has opined on the merits of our case, and he thinks that, that we have a winner here. And so uh, we're hoping that other judges uh, will also do like Judge Fahey did, which is to begin to, to, to think more about the, these issues and see that as a matter of law and as a matter of the facts we present, uh, we should win. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. You've been at this for so many years and it's such a difficult struggle in the courts. What success do you think you've had? How do you think you've changed the mindset of people? We have, yes, we have done that. Um, I think we filed our first cases in 2013, and no one had ever sought um, legal personhood or legal rights on, on behalf of a non-human animal, at least in the English-speaking or the Western world. And they had been considered things, you know, basically our slaves for the last 2,000 years. So we never expected that the first time or the fifth time, I mean the tenth time, that that, that its court is just going to say, we've been thinking wrong, we've been making an error for the last 2,000 years, we're really sorry, you're right, uh, that it was going to take you know quite some time for them to be able to understand our legal arguments, for them to be able to understand just who these non-human animals are, that as Justice Tewitt did now, you know, she understands that there's they're these incredibly, like an elephant, incredibly cognitively complex being who's autonomous, who's self-conscious, and, and is intelligent in a human way, which is what, what, what she said. And um, it takes a lot of time uh, for a judge to be able to have to confront this again and again and really begin to focus on it. And so we have definitely done that. Um, in the last the 2013, it's 2020, so we've been at this a little more than six years. And in that time, we have had four judges agree with major parts of what we're doing. So um, uh, in 2015, uh, Justice uh, Jaffe in the New York County Supreme Court uh, issued you know, the first order under a habeas corpus statute you know, in the West on, on behalf of any non-human animal. It turned out that she indeed also said she was bound. Uh, but that case actually was was um, settled. Uh, the the those two chimpanzees are now in a sanctuary in Georgia. Um, a second time was when we went in front of um, of a judge um, Bannister out in in Western New York in 2018 on on behalf of Happy and uh, Judge Bannister for the second time issued uh, an order under the habeas corpus statute, this time not on behalf of a chimpanzee, but on behalf of an elephant. Uh, then we had just last week, Justice Tewitt made it clear in her d decision that that she you know, would likely or would, would have given serious thought to um, issuing the, uh, the, order, the uh, habeas corpus um, order, except she felt, too, that she was bound by this other case, and then, all, and then Judge Fahey, sitting on the Court of Appeals, has said that he essentially agrees with us. So, so really four times in the last six years we've had a New York judge agree with large chunks of what we are doing. And 
for us, we think that's actually um, uh, that's actually uh, acceptance at a faster rate than we had first thought we would do in, in, in the first six years. Does it also take other kinds of actions? I mean, are you going to have to have the laws changed? Well, we, we we are having the laws change. You know, we we are we are suing not under a statute or under a constitutional provision, but we're suing under under the common law. We're using a common law writ of habeas corpus. So, the common law in in, in New York is is the law that the judges make. So the judges themselves can change the law of of habeas corpus. Uh, they don't need we don't need a statute. That's why we're going in front of the judges. We're saying that. Judges like you made the common law that all non-human animals are legal things who don't have rights. You have a duty now to hear us out, and you have a duty, we argue, to now change the law in light of the fact that of what we know about these extraordinary beings, um, and in fact, um, and in, in in light of the fact that the the uh, uh, law is changing, and, and we're making powerful legal arguments, and we're also setting out facts that that have to make them think about whether it is morally right and whether it ought to be legally right to imprison, you know, beings that are so incredibly cognitively complicated. If you think through to the end point of your uh, arguments, is it that there shouldn't be any zoos? Well, it's not so much um, zoos. It's um, non-human animals. It's it's um, um, who who are they? And in zoos, there might be thousands of different species of non-human animals. Uh, there are certain ones that are clear should never be in a zoo or an aquarium, for example. Uh, you know, any of the great apes, any of the elephants, um, you know, orcas, whales, and dolphins. These sorts of beings should never be imprisoned. Never. They are just so cognitively complex. They're so social uh, in 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 a very human way. Um, that's simply wrong. Now, as to what you know, as to what some 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 non-human animal that we don't, I don't really know a whole lot about, who's in a zoo, how that animal should be treated, I can't really say because we haven't studied him or her. Uh, we we're moving on to on to orcas probably because we're we're going to begin to file suits in California, in Colorado. We we've been filing suits on behalf of elephants in Connecticut, and we're working with groups all over the world. You know, in India, in Canada, in uh, in in England, in Israel, in uh, in Scandinavia. And uh, we'll see what non-human animals we we uh, work with to um, to try to we work with them to try to uh, to free. So it's and it's not really the the name of the organization that is is imprisoning them. You know, it's not whether you're a sanctuary or whether you're a zoo. The question is, are you respecting the kind of being that they are? So, example for example, uh, if a chimpanzee or an elephant is autonomous, and we prove. And and the other side doesn't even bother to try to challenge our proof. We prove that they are autonomous. So whatever uh, an entity calls itself, if they're not respecting the autonomy of an elephant, like like Happy, then we're going to seek a writ of habeas corpus on on that that uh, being's behalf. If they are respecting them, so for for example, in an entity like the Tennessee Elephant Sanctuary that has 2,300 uh, you know 2,300 acres, then and then they are respecting the autonomy of of an elephant, they allow her to to make choices. You know, autonomy really is the ability to make choices, and they can choose what they're going to do during the day. They can choose who their friends are. They can choose what they're going to do, because that's what elephants are, and they have they have or they ought to have the fundamental right to be able to to live their lives 
uh, in a way that's in, in harmony with their mental abilities, with their here, with, with their autonomy. The zoo's director says that the ruling keeps Happy in a place providing her with excellent care. The veterinarians, keepers, and curators of the Bronx Zoo believe it's best for Happy to remain in familiar surroundings with the people she knows, relies on, and trusts. Do you think that was part of the judge's reasoning? We don't have any, any evidence that that was true. There weren't any caregivers who testified. There weren't any caregivers who filed an affidavit. There's no evidence that, that Happy has any relationship with her caregivers. And uh, we have found in other cases, especially one that was filed in Los Angeles against the L.A. Zoo, where you had these caregivers who were, in the words of the judge, engaged in a delusion that somehow they were doing all the, all, all the right things for the elephant in the L.A. Zoo. And they, the, the judge actually found them to be deluded and ignorant. And we have no reason to think that the caregivers at, at the Bronx Zoo are not equally deluded and ignorant. And even if there were relationships with them, it's time to get her out of there. You know, our experts, and there were no experts who testified against us or filed affidavits, our expert, uh, specifically Dr. Joyce Poole, who is one of the greatest elephant experts in the world, said that it doesn't matter what her relationships are, that she works with elephants time and time again, year after year, who have been in terrible you know, terrible um, conditions where humans have exploited them the way the Bronx Zoo is, and they can be moved, and they can be rehabilitated, and they begin to blossom. If you, if you go to the Bronx Zoo and see Happy, Happy just stands there. If you go into the wild, as I have been in the wild, and you look at elephants, they just don't stand there. Elephants move around. Elephant, in fact, as Joyce Poole said, elephants have evolved to move. And they've also uh, evolved to move in large numbers. They, they, they're, they're highly social animals. They discuss what they're going to do. And they literally, Joyce Poole literally says, they discuss things. And Happy is just a depressed being who sits on an acre of land who doesn't move. And once she gets to a proper sanctuary, she will almost certainly blossom into a normal elephant. That's been the history of other elephants who've been in worse situations than has she. Thanks for being on Bloomberg Law, Stephen. That's Stephen Weissman of the Non-Human Rights Project. I'm June Grosso. Thanks so much for listening. And remember to tune into the Bloomberg Law Show weeknights at 10 p.m. Eastern right here on Bloomberg Radio. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.